Hello and welcome to Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. Today we got a special guest, flew in all the way from Australia. His name is Brett Ritchie. How you doing, Brett? I'm uh, really good, thanks, Bob. Uh, Brett has a story to tell about he has some PTSD and he also wrote a book, so I'll let Brett tell you about all that. Yeah, and welcome, and uh, thanks for having me on Over the Rainbow, Bob. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. It's great to, uh, to, uh, to be heard in the States, good old US of A. Yeah. So pretty much uh, I, was a, I was a policeman here in Melbourne, Australia, um, from the early 80s up until 2000, and just a normal everyday copper going about my business and had a few incidents over the years that uh, uh, were considered life-threatening. Um, Got shot at once. Someone tried to stab me in uh, another incident, um, and had uh, you know just the normal everyday things that most coppers have, and I'm sure in the states it it, it happens all the time. Um, in 1995, I went to a, a debutante ball um, over here, and we I, we just moved to a new um, to a new area down by the beach, and I. Uh, Went to work one night on night shift, started at 11, and around 1 o'clock in the morning there was a, a large brawl at this venue, and uh, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty ugly. Um, there was a large group of people there, all drunk, and there was one bloke who was fairly massive, and he uh, took a disliking to me. I don't know why, Bob. I'm a pretty general, you know, amiable sort of bloke, and uh, he, him and I uh, end up in a fight. Now, I'm... About six foot three, was about 120 kilos, and um, you know, black belt and karate, so I can fight all right. And this boy just kept uh, it was on, and everything I did to try and hit him, to try and get him down, was didn't work. He was high on drugs, and eventually his mates decided to come and have a go at me as well. So they just all jumped in, and I don't know, they, I don't remember much about it. Unfortunately, um, I was only told by other witnesses who were there at the time and I uh, was uh, knocked to the ground and my shoulder dislocated. Someone was trying to grab my gun. Um, so I uh, held on to my gun and with my other shoulder out, I just curled up in a ball and was pretty much getting kicked and punched. So it wasn't very good. I thought I was going to die. Wow. Um, so eventually... Uh, someone came to my ha come to my aid and stood me up, and or helped me stand up. And they, um, uh, yeah, I, I was in a lot of pain. I was in extreme pain. Um, so, I don't have much memory about it, but yeah, I was I was just you know one thing I do remember is just a lot of pain in my body and in my head where I'd been kicked and punched. Yeah, they, they kept kicking on you, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, uh, I'm not sure of the numbers. Someone said 20 to 30 or something. So, 20 to 30 people? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So, so well, uh, you couldn't shoot your way out of there somehow? Uh, no. No. I was more worried if someone had got my gun that they would have shot me. So, right. I, I wanted to keep it in the holster. Um, okay. So, I, uh, I was fortunate I was able to do that. Stood up. Eventually, uh, more police arrived, and 
my my partner who was with me at the time, a young bloke, um, he did a really, really good job, um, but he was getting kicked and punched too. So the police arrived, more police, the police dog, and it was declared a riot. The, the sergeant there at the time declared it a riot. People were just still fighting. And I just remember standing there dazed and confused. I had no idea what was going on. Wow. So uh, I just sort of wandered around aimlessly. I didn't know what. It was it was a weird feeling. I was there, but I wasn't there. You got kicked in the head pretty good. Yeah, yeah, a few yeah. times. Yeah, I, from my martial arts training, I was I was fortunate enough to be able to sort of curl up in a ball and protect myself. We used to actually train that doing martial arts, so uh-huh. uh, it just sort of came back to me. And um, fortunately, uh-huh. I remembered it. So, but I, I was pretty badly bashed, and um, the uh, anyway, they it was all over eventually. Um, the you know, coppers arrived and arrested people and did all that sort of stuff, and I was taken to the hospital. Okay. Uh, the hospital didn't do a lot. They um, gave me some Panadol and said, uh, go home. So some paracetamol. So I went home, and uh, I remember my wife at the time, um, she said later on, she said, when you walk through the door, she said, um, I remember you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. I remember she said, I looked into your eyes and she said, I, I knew I'd lost my husband. She said, there was oh just, some, just something about your face. Because, I mean, you know, she was a, she was a copper too. So oh. she'd seen me come home um, a few times, battered and bruised and broken bones and that sort of thing. So it was uh, it was nothing new for me to come home injured. Right. Uh, Happens to a lot of coppers. So, but she said that night, she said, I, I looked in your eye and she said, they were dead. She said there was nothing wow. there. And uh, did you get a, have a concussion from that? Oh yeah, yeah, really, really bad concussion. I had it for about two or three weeks. Um, and as a result of that, I there's stuff that I don't remember anymore in parts of my life, like months of oh my god uh, time that I don't actually remember. And uh, I, I talk about in the book um, about being at a family function and not and looking at a um, looking at a, a video of, of me and the kids on the video. And I said, when was this taken? And someone said, oh, like two years ago. And I said, yeah, I don't oh. remember being there. So so you think was, the uh, uh, concussion caused some of the PTSD? Yeah, it was eventually I, 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 was, I was pretty bad. Um, and I was I didn't sleep. And for weeks on end, I was nervous. I became nervous. I, I pretty much say... I became a recluse. I couldn't oh. go outside. I was scared to go outside. Wow. It really... What year was this? Became, about? Uh, this was 95, so 95? it would have been sort of into 96, 90, you know, early 96, 97, somewhere around there. Okay, so you, you were know, like, just, had a lot of anxiety and, and depression as well? Yeah, I was. I blame myself for what happened. I, I, you know, I was an I was an experienced copper at the time. I should have known better. I, I, the, all these things kept running through my head. Oh. Um, I became scared of going outside. So the, with the uh, with the kids, it was um, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't go to the pictures or the the, uh, the cinema with them. I couldn't go. Uh, we lived down on a beautiful beach uh, called Torquay, which is you know beautiful surf coast beach and. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I found myself not being able to go to the beach when there was people there. Um, going to the shops was a nightmare. 
Oh, yeah. So I pretty much retreated inside and didn't go out a lot. What were you? Um, were you afraid of anything? Like people? Or... Yeah, I was. I was afraid of getting bashed again. I was. Afraid, oh. I had this this thought in my head that I was going to get attacked again. I see. And uh, there was nothing I do. I started seeing psychiatrists and all that sort of stuff, and uh, all they seemed to do was um, give me more drugs to sedate me. So okay, was, they just gave. They didn't give you any kind of like an SSRI or like Paxil or Prozac. They just um, yeah, they were, they had me on uh, lots lots of antidepressants. Um, okay, um, Valium to sort of keep me sedated because they were worried that my mind was actually becoming worse as a result oh, of it. And and the police department didn't really help. So they where I went where I was working, they just said, "Look, you'll be fine. Get back to work and." Oh really? Well, yeah. So I was PTSD back then. Uh, the police force didn't really understand. They knew it existed, but they just thought, oh, I don't know what they thought. Well, uh, you know, they they kind of think you're making it up or or whatever. It's yeah. Back then, it was a lot different. Yep. It's um. It was it was pretty bad, and the fact that no one believed that I was sick. Um, with PTSD and with mental illness, it's not a, not an illness you can see. Right. So people think that you're faking it, and, and a couple exactly. of people said that you, you're just faking it. You just want time off, and I went, right. No, I don't. I don't really. I don't really. I want to go back to work, but I, I can't. Yeah. So, so you. Uh, well, what yeah. is the name of your, uh, the book you wrote? Uh, it's called Me and PTSD, oh. and I'll give it a plug now, Bob. It's on my yeah. uh, website called the uh, the websites the www.bettermeproject.net.net. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Um, if, can you get it in the states? Yeah, you can, well, you can. If you go to the website, um, you can order it. And with with the Australian dollar being so low against the American one, I think in Australia it's seven ninety nine. In the states, it's probably about four bucks. Oh, so, uh, uh, yeah. Um, if you if any of your listeners would love to go there, that'd be great. Um, so it tells the whole story of you being a policeman up to the point where you had that incident. Yeah, and, and beyond. It, it, yeah, it's it took about two years to write. So I, um, in the book, I go through what happened to me, uh-huh. uh, and more so the recovery, Bob, because for me, for years, and that doctors had said you'll never get any better. And I said to my wife at the time, "You, he's pretty much just going to be sitting on the couch the rest of his life. There is nothing we can do for him. Oh, yeah. They shouldn't say that. I mean, there's there's always an alternative. There's always uh, either medicine or something, therapy or something to bounce you back. Yeah, and they... um. Uh, one of the police psychologists tried this treatment called EMDR, and I, I forget now exactly what it means, but it's eye movement, something or Oh, yeah, I, I've and heard he, of that. I, yeah, well, he tried it, and I was his guinea pig because he'd never done it before. So he had me, uh, my wife and I went up to uh, Melbourne. We were about an hour and a half out of Melbourne, which is the main main city uh, where I live. Mm-hmm. And we drove we drove up there and went to see him and he said, Look, I'm gonna try this new treatment, it's called EMDR and it basically involved me watching his finger go backwards and forwards and he took me back it, it was like a hypnosis sort of thing, and he took me back to the actual night. He said, I wanna want you to go back there, I want you to experience it. Uh-huh. Well, there's nowhere bloody known I want to go back there, but I 
went along with it. And okay. I found myself back in my mind, back there on the night, uh, and I was crying and sobbing uncontrollably. I ended up curled up on the floor of his office. Wow. Um, clutching it. He gave me the tissue because I was crying, and I crushed the tissue uh, and was crying and sobbing, saying, please stop. And he, wow. And eventually he did. And so my wife was there, and she helped me sit back up, and I was crying uncontrollably and sobbing and, and just not hysterical but just so distraught. And he looked at, he turned to my wife and said, well, he'll never be an operational policeman again. Huh. And and that was it. And wow. we, we, we left his office in disbelief. I was just sitting there and I was crying and we got back in the car and drove back home, you know, the hour and a half back home and, so it didn't really help at all as far as... No, it made it worse. Yeah. Made it made it a lot worse. Sometimes uh, when you go through it again, it, it, it helps. And I, I think that's kind of what that therapy is for, to take you back and go through it and make, you know, they're supposed to guide you and say, okay, it's all right, everything's all right. And, and I think that's how it works. Yeah, Um as I said, he, he hadn't tried it before, and I was pretty much a guinea pig for him, and he had no idea what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, he probably so, did, it, did it totally wrong. Yeah, but, and it, it traumatized me even worse. So wow. It was, um, um, and I, I say in the book that, you know, we didn't speak for three days, my wife and I. We, I couldn't, I kept saying, I'm sorry, I can't get over this, and she was like, well, you need to get over it, you know. Um, that sounds familiar. Saying, I can't. <laughs> My wife said, yeah. did the same thing to me when I got sick. She was like, yeah. oh, you're not really ill. You're just, you know, you can, you can get up yeah. and do this. But go ahead. Yeah. It was, uh, and it, it, is, it is so debilitating and so traumatic. And and, and there was, you know, I, I attempted suicide a couple of times. Oh, and, no. You know, you know, yeah, I was, I, I just thought I was a failure as a person. Well, how long? father. How long was this going on for? Like a year or so? Oh God, no, Bob. Uh, oh. Well, it happened in ninety ninety five, and I reckon probably what up to now two thousand twenty. Probably the last. I don't know. It probably went. It was pretty bad for about fifteen years. Wow, wow. Um, and they I, they, I they put you on disability, right? Yeah, I got pensioned off in two thousand from the police department. So oh, they okay. they just pensioned me off and said you're not you're not going to get any better. Psychiatrist yep. said, it's, "You've crazy. had enough," That's... and uh, so I, I got pensioned off, which was a good and a bad thing. I, I really loved being in the police force, and uh, I've still had a lot of very good mates in there. But for me, it was my time. I'd done it, and you know, seventeen years, and I'd worked in some really um, busy, dangerous areas, uh-huh. uh, suburbs, and that. So it was. Uh, we used to love it. You know, we used to to go to work and we, and we worked hard and we played hard, you know, we, we, right. we would uh, work really long hours and then we'd go to the pub and, and drink beers and <laughs> turn around and do it all again the next day. Wow. And, and, and that doesn't, it doesn't bode well for um, you know, mental health if you're involved in incidents as well. And the, um, yeah, I mean, it could be very traumatic. One of the, one of the psychologists that I spoke to, and she was a she was actually a godsend because she actually helped me deal with a lot of the stuff. We went through one day. She said, "Well, let's discuss all the times your life you think's been threatened." So I started reeling off these incidents that are going. I kept going. 
brother, it was this time, you know, someone pulled a knife on me and she said, what happened? I said, well, we disarmed him. And you didn't say that's feels- not a knife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a knife. Uh, uh, the younger uh, people won't get that joke, but no, no, it's uh, Google um, crocodile Dundee yeah, and yeah, crocodile Dundee. Uh, Paul, Ho- oh, he's more American now, isn't he, than uh, than Australian old Paul? Probably, but, at this uh, point. yeah, but uh, yeah, so there was that, and, and you know, just so many. There was about I think nine nine to ten incidents in my life where. In my police career, where my life was actually in danger and I could have died. So, yeah. in those days, all we for um, uh, to get not to get over it to deal with it, we just went to the pub. Yeah, we went to the hotel and we we drank, which is the worst was, thing to do in yeah, that kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was that's that's the way we did it, and it was. Um, yeah, it's it's changed a lot now. The police department, so which is great. Yeah. Uh, Did they ever uh, give you any compensation for the PTSD or for the? No, they. Pain? I mean, they, the the police department gave me a pension for life, but my we sued the venue, civilly sued the venue where I was bashed. Uh huh. Um. So we. Uh, that was that was another funny thing because well, not funny. Uh, I went to the police association, so the police union. Um, and said, look, this is what's happened to me. And they said, oh, yeah, that's fine. And they said, well, have you spoken to a solicitor? And I'd been walking around town one day and in a really distressed state and and walked into a solicitor's office and said, hey, listen, this is what happened to me. You know, is there any chance I get a couple of dollars out of it? And they went, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, this is really traumatic and blah, blah, blah. And I went, yep, it is. So when I spoke to the police union, they said, well, you've already spoken to a solicitor. We're not going to fund you. A solicitor is like a lawyer, right? Yeah, a lawyer, sorry, yeah. yes. That's right. Um, yeah, so, so to a lawyer. So uh, they said, well, we're not going to fund your uh, case. And I said, well, you have to. I said, "You, I've paid all my police union fees for 16, 17 years. And they went, oh, no, sorry. So huh. we we funded the uh, case ourselves. And if we had a loss, we would have lost the house. We would have lost everything. So, Oh, my God. Um, I take it you yeah, won. That was really we won, yeah, mate. We won. So that was uh, it was a two week trial, um, and at the end of it, the judge said, "Yep, yeah, look, I find in favour of uh, Mr. Ritchie," and we said, "Fantastic." And then the the opposition they appealed the decision, so they fought it. Said, "No, no, that's not right. Where we want to go, we want it heard by uh, the full bench of the um, Supreme Court." Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. But it took another two years for it to happen. So. That so you finally got the money for it. After yeah, a yeah, we years. got the money in the yeah. end, so uh, which was great, and set a case law precedent, which was uh, which was pretty cool. So um, my name is now infamous or famous, whichever way you want to say it, in the law books. There's a case law precedent called Richie v. Club Italia. Wow, that's uh, nice. In the law books, and it, it helps protect. Um, well, it's used in a lot of cases where emergency service personnel are injured uh, uh-huh. at a venue. So okay. it's some goods come out of a bob. Yeah, um, I mean you had to suffer for a long time. So how? Yeah, uh, I yeah. take it you're you're feeling much better now. Could you tell us about yep. your recovery? Yeah, I um years ago I I was uh, with a, a friend and um she was she said look I'm going to this personal development weekend and you're coming too and I went yeah okay why not so we went along and it was. 
it was very cathartic for me. I, I was sitting there with about 200 other people and this guy's talking and uh, he he sort of said, well, you know, if you've got these these issues, you know, we can help you. And, and I went, oh, he's sort of like he's talking to me. So eventually I started doing all these boot camps with him and, you know, a lot of personal development and a lot of looking at myself and, and finding out why why I was the way I was because I'd given up on doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists. They weren't doing much at all. So uh-huh. um, I, I jumped in headfirst into all this stuff and started doing it. And it wasn't easy because I first had to actually turn around and front the, the PTSD. I kept running away from it going, no, look, I'll just hide it away and it'll get better. And it didn't. And it no. just got worse and worse. So from the moment I turned around and went, you know, this is not, this is not defining me. I'm going to, I'm going to beat it, and I actually turned around in front of the the, the depression, the anxiety, and everything went with it, and started going and trying to knock it down, and, and eventually, you know, it's, it's, it's probably still there a bit, but it's not. It doesn't rule my life. That's it's, great. Um, it's, so it, it was it's, just, it's taken long years. It was kind of like a boot camp you went through, and and what yeah. else did they do at the boot camp? Uh, uh, lots of lots of looking, at, lots of changing the story in your mind. Okay. Lots of because I thought you know here I'm the victim and and I'm not worthy and it's my fault and they change the story. We have a we have a story in our mind of, of and it, my story was on loop. So the whole time was, okay, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. Right. And it changed it around to go, no, you're not the victim. You know, you can beat this. And and it was a lot of, um, yeah, I, I, ended up, I, had a, I had a coach, a life coach, if you want to call it, and uh-huh. she was um, she was fantastic. And she actually helped me realize that, yes, I can get over it. It may still always be there, but it's not going to rule my life. And what, what was this therapy called? Was there a name for the therapy oh, itself? Not really. It was just a. It was just a lot of modules of um, uh, like I'm trying to think now. Communication. Okay. Um, there's visions and values and how we perceive ourselves in in real life. And all right, so it was just and, sort of a counseling type of a group. Yeah, yeah, counseling right. sort of ther- yeah. therapy group, I suppose. And yeah, that I, helps. Um, yeah, look, it was fantastic, and that's what I base my um, all the, the the coaching and that that I do now is around that is, is about changing the story in your mind and okay. going. So, in your not, book, do you, you go through all of the different techniques that they used? No, nah, not really, Bob. I oh, okay. um, I uh, I was going. That's probably book two. Okay. Uh, about about all that, and I've sort of roughed out something for that already, but it's probably a, a bit of a way. This one took me two years to write, so so this uh, goes up to it doesn't go up through the recovery then. Uh, it it goes through uh, the recovery, but oh. it's, it's a very it's, it sort of just talks about it in general terms. Okay. So it, it just talks about me, how I how I got through it, what I did, um, and you know now today that I I, I can live a, a a you know, great life. I, wow. I've got a wonderful woman in my life, and uh, we uh, we she, have a pretty good good time together. So she helped. She helped you a lot. Then your wife. What? Uh, well, my wife at the time did. Yeah, we ended up getting divorced. Oh, the, okay. Uh, years ago, um, I met her. She she became my more, more more my carer. I couldn't pretty much function. So yeah, and and you know. We're still friends today, and and that's great because we've got the kids. But um, 
I kept saying to her, I'm leaving because you are just, you'll never, she wanted to, she was always protective of me yeah. and was, and I kept saying, I'm better now. And she goes, oh, I don't think you are. And so it got to a stage, yeah. it got very toxic. She was an enabler. a lot. They call yeah, that an so enabler and yes. you were being codependent on her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, um, I, I left and it was, uh, it was fairly traumatic to leave and, you know, leave the kids and I moved into a, into an apartment in, uh, in town. What year and, was that? Oh, that would have been, oh, to now, 2020, probably 15 years ago, I'd, okay. I'd say. All right. Um, and the, the kids would come and go and they'd stay at my place or they'd stay at her place. Mm-hmm. And so there was no, there was no custody battles over the kids, which was, which was good. We, um, right. But we just fought, and it was better that we separated. And, yeah, I, you know. I'm divorced as well, and I had three young kids. Uh, I think there are eight, six, and three. So, uh, how, yeah. how, how old were your kids when you got divorced? Oh, the kid, um, teenagers. So, um, probably oh, they're teenagers. fourteen, fifteen, fourteen, and ten or eleven or something. Yeah. Like. It's Maybe a, a bit younger. It's always rough on kids. Uh, divorce is very rough on kids, but uh, yeah, it was, and, and that, that's one thing. My wife and I we decided that um, we just the kids were never going to be an issue. There was no custody. There was no you know, yeah putting it putting each other down yeah uh, in front of the kids. So right. it, it worked pretty well. And you know the kids now are they're all they're all adults. I've got four grandkids. And wow, it's, so do I. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty awesome. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed to have them, have them in my life and, uh, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just great. So, so as far as going from kind of depressed to feeling pretty good, was that like a certain time period while you were doing this, uh, therapy? Was it like a year or? Oh, it was probably more about five or six years. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't happen overnight, unfortunately. And there were, I had a lot of relapses. I ended up in a psychiatric hospital two or three times. And oh, that's always fun. Uh, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're so good in there. They just don't let you outside. Um, yeah. Look, I, I was very fortunate because it happened at work. It was under the workers' compensation, so I had a, a, a very nice private hospital, and uh, they uh, they were great. They very accommodating. I had a room to myself. I didn't have to do group therapy sessions if I didn't want to. I I, I mentioned in the book that uh, there was. They said to come to this group therapy one session day. There's some Vietnam veterans in there, and I went, "Oh yeah, no, I'm not going in there." And they said, "Why not?" I said, "Well, I feel like a fraud." I said, "I haven't been to a war." Yeah. I said these but- these guys went to a war and and fought and 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 I I didn't go and then. A couple of years later, I was talking to a mate of mine who was doing the coaching with us at the time, and uh-huh. he was uh, he was he just got out of the army. He was a, an officer in the army over here, and I said to him, I said, James, um, I said I went to go to this group session with this, some vet some veterans, and I said I couldn't go because I felt like a fraud. And he goes, What are you talking about? And I said, Well, I said I didn't go to war. He goes, You did go to war. He said it just was in the suburbs, not overseas, and that was really. Yeah. Um, that was like wow, okay. It's a breakthrough. So, yeah, yeah it, it was fantastic, and and he's one of my dearest friends, and him and his wife now do amazing stuff with uh, with young kids. 
uh, working with them to to show them about leadership and and how to be how to be men and how to be young women and okay. they're doing amazing stuff. So, uh, but yeah, for him to say that and because I respected him so much was uh-huh. uh, was great. I could and I, I just went, oh, no. So I, I did a lot of sessions just basically on my own with my with my psychiatrist or psychologist or okay. uh, with my coach. And, and my coach was fantastic. She's a trained psychologist as well. And, I see. Uh, she was she was fantastic. Her name's Steph, and uh, she was um, she was great. She was really really good. Yeah, that's really uh, me amazing recovery because PTSD can be very bad and. Uh, you know, I know there's treatment with medication, but evidently that didn't work well. Or or maybe you didn't have a doctor that prescribed the right medicine. I don't know, but it, I'm glad that you came to this therapy because uh, I just never even heard of it before. It sounds like something, uh, I mean, pretty different. I mean, do, do, is it something that's popular in, in Australia or... Yeah, look, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people that do it. I mean, it's, it's sort of like um, uh, similar to to what Anthony Robbins does, I suppose, for people in the states. Oh, okay. It's really, that sort of that sort of thing. And it, the really the, the most important, one of the most important things that I found was that actually going owning your own owning your shit and going, yep, this is me. This is what I've got to do. And instead of trying to run from it, just turn and face it. And it's not easy. Yeah. And what I've found is now that coaching people is is great because I can say, listen, this is not going to take you ten years. We can do this a lot. You know, it's going to happen quicker. But you have to actually take responsibility yourself and go. I can. I want to do this. And some people don't. Some people aren't in the right right mind to do it, um, um, and or the right time. It's not the right time in their life to do it. I suppose. Right. Um, but it, it it works. It's it, I mean, it saved me. Uh, so you're a um, you're a life coach now, right? Still? Yeah. So I do yeah. um, life coach, personal personal development stuff. I, okay. I've got a, a training, um, and I do. I'm a safety advisor as well on on construction projects. So now and again, I get asked to come in for a few months and just work as a safety consultant uh, on construction projects. But my my passion, I suppose, is coaching, and I do. Uh, online coaching with people so you know you can be in the states and i can um we can work together or anywhere in the world really just got to work out those time frames bob because yeah maybe um, you could help me a little i don't know (laughs) yeah mate mate, hey mate i'm more than happy to have a crack at it yeah i i Um, take uh medication if i go off the medication i get depressed and so and with the medication i i'm good so, but yeah, well, doing I'm, it your I'm way with... sounds, uh, you know, equally as good. It's, it's not better because you're not dependent on the medication. Yeah, I haven't been on medication for probably over 10 years now. Um, apart from some uh, paracetamol just for the arthritis in my knees and my back and, and that sort of thing we get as we get older after right. playing sport all, your, sport all your life. But I've, yeah, I haven't been on medication on, on antidepressants of that for well, ten over ten years now, and uh, uh, I, I, it's it's been uh, it's been great because I and I think you said the same thing. I was taking that many medications, and I thought, oh, I'm fine, and then I'd stop taking them, 
and within two three days my I'd be shaking and my wife at the time would be going what's the matter I go oh, I'm fine she goes you've stopped taking your bloody tablets haven't you and I went yes so and because they take you know ten days or more to get back into your system it was a it was a vicious cycle yeah I think everybody is different I mean I think some people can do what you did and some people can't and vice versa I mean you you couldn't do that well on the medicine, but you did well with this type of therapy. So that's, you know, what this show is about, to, to tell people that there's always alternatives. If one thing doesn't work, you know, you could always try, try something, something else. else. And, yeah, uh, and that's, that's just so, that's such a great message, Bob. It's, uh, it is, it, it's some people, yeah, it, what I do works for them. Some people it doesn't. I mean, I've had clients who have been on medication and I've just helped them just deal with some of the stuff, you know, the, the story in their mind that they keep going through. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, they're still on the medication, but they're a lot better. Right. Um, right. And, look, you know, I'd like to say we can help everyone, but it, it's not it's not always going to be the case. And that's why I do, uh, I do a, like a 15-minute free coaching call with people so okay. just to see if we're the right fit just to make sure that you know if you're going to be coming to me and, and paying me to to help treat you then it's got to work it's got to work both ways it's it's you know i'm not i'm not going to take money off somebody if, if i know that i can't help them or if i might know someone else they might uh it might be a, a woman who's a domestic um abuse victim and she might not want to talk to a male, and right. I completely understand that. So I'll refer her off to, you know, probably my coach, um, Steph, who, uh, you know, might be able to help her from a, with a female point of view. Right. Sometimes females prefer to talk to males. Sometimes males prefer to talk to females. Yeah. So that's why. The, before you, I, you know, so the, the the current book you have out just goes through your experience just, yeah. through the police force. Yep, through the police force. What happened to me? How I. How I, how I didn't deal with it for, for a lot of years and then eventually how I did and turned it around and now, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate I have a, a great life and um, okay. I'm, I feel very blessed to be able to, right. you know, and, and to get the message out there, to, you know, people through your show, through Over the Rainbow and yeah. just talk to people and go, you can get better because I had doctors telling me for years, uh, you're not going to be able to do anything. Yeah, they shouldn't have know. told it. I mean, that's yeah, what, I, I hate that. I mean, it, it's, there's always a way you just have to find what your way is and yeah and that, that's it and that's, and that's it and, you know coaching's like that you're guiding someone along uh i don't i say to people you you have the answers within you i don't have all the answers you have the answers within you i'm just going to ask you the questions to get mm -hmm. those answers out so you can you know you can verbalize them or write them down and um it's that's that's my job that's what i that's what i do i, I say to people You've got the answers within you. If I ask you a question, and, and some of the questions are quite difficult, um, you know, some of the modules we go through. One of the one of the first modules that uh, we do when I, I send it to people and they write out what it write it in, and they send it back to me, and then I sort of have a look at it, and then I'll send with some notes and send it back to them. And yep. what it uh, what it talks about is imagining you at your own funeral, oh. and what you want what you want people to say. And you get one person who's come forward who knows you really well, uh, and then another person from work. And what I find is people don't write in there, you know, they don't want people to say, oh, I had a nice car or he, he had a nice house. It's more about, oh, he was a really great bloke. He was 
caring. He was good to his friends. He was generous. Right. Uh, he was loving. No one talks about the material things. It's all about what this person did for them. And and uh, when when people actually write it down and they they look back at it, they go, yeah, I you know. Well, got four houses and that's four what, cars, but you know that's what it's about. It's not about the money, and I I, I always say that it's about basically loving yourself, finding a way yeah. to love yourself, and and yeah. take care of your problem, whatever it is, and yeah. don't and, and, don't and give for, up and forgive yourself and forgive yourself too, Bob, because yes. we're, we're very judgmental on ourselves and we're very harsh on ourselves, and yes. usually we're our own worst critic, yes. um, but. A lot of people don't see that. People see a caring, sharing person. You know, funny to be with, strong, supportive. That's right. what that's what they see. They don't see you know how much money you've got or don't have, and where you live. And they just go, "He was a good person." Yeah, she was a good person, and that's and that's that's one of the first modules. And when people, as I said, when people look at that and read it, they go, "Wow, that's that's now, that's what I want people to say." And I go, "Well, that's what people think about you." By module, you mean chapter or something? Or... Yeah, so like a chapter. So okay. it's um, there's there's about I think eleven, twelve chapters in the in the first coaching. Um, so people can uh, get get some information on this. Yeah, if they go to the website, if they go to um, the bettermeproject.net, they can have a look at it there. And I've also created a uh, an online training academy. So. Which is uh, nationaltraining.com. Oh, maybe I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a there's a there's a free module in there called Visions and Values uh, at the moment. So you just go in there, you sign up. Um, it's there's about half a dozen courses. There's some health and safety courses, and uh, um, there's some free meditations, audio meditations that I've created. So there's ones that I voice. So if you yeah. like listening to my voice, you can uh, you can hear that, and they're sort of like 10, 15 minutes long. That's um, the there's a couple of free ones there, and there's also the coaching, uh, the coaching as well, which, as well as doing the modules, involves me uh, a couple of coaching calls over the the period of time. So it's about an eleven twelve week course, and you get one module a week wow. to to work through, and then you can you send it back, and I have a read through it, and and make some notes, and send it back to you, and then every probably. Twice during the, the 11 weeks, we have a, have a phone chat just like we're doing now mm-hmm. and discuss it and, you know, any issues you've got. And wow. it, it, it works really well. Um, I'm going to have to get one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, it's, 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 I, I try to keep the podcast to <laughs> like a 40-minute time limit. So, I mean, maybe yep. we, we can do an, another one yeah. for your next book. You're, you're going to keep writing, yeah. right? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll keep writing it. I don't know. Mine, hopefully, it doesn't take another two years, mate. So <laughs> that's all right. I mean, I mean, you're coaching. You're doing what you like to do. I just uh, decided to retire because I hated doing. I do IT, and I just hate the people. I mean, it's just all politics and corporate stuff. And yeah. I, I decided that I'm going to take an earlier retirement. I'm 62. Uh, but um, I might be able to get some disability also because I have spinal issues and stuff. And I also have my black belt, believe it or not. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. In, in Harangdo. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's Korean martial arts. Uh, no, no. I've never, I've never yeah, it's very, uh, not a lot of people have heard of it, but it's very, very good. 
Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah, I'll, I've been right. training uh, 42 years now, so it's sort of like part of my life. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a pleasure. Um, your book sounds very interesting. Uh, I will put all the links out there for everybody oh, that's listening. And, that, yeah. uh, you know, I just really appreciate you coming on the show. You're a great guest. And um, I'll talk to you ne- next time you have your book. Just give me a call. Yeah, yeah, look, um, and if you, you know, as I, as I said, you know, if people go to the site and that, they can solve There's some free stuff there they can download and, you know, listen to and uh, just some, um, you know, the visions and values on the, the nationaltraining.com.au websites there for people just to, to go through. And that's that's one of the modules um, in another course. Okay. Not the, not the initial one, but, okay. um, yeah, people can just go through it and, and it doesn't cost anything. They're just going, oh, that's, this seems all right. So. Yeah, I'll get all the information from you, and it will be on you know the story about the the episode, so that everybody will be That'd able be to link directly to it. Thanks oh, again for fantastic. for being on the show. I really appreciate it, and you're a great guest. And I'm so glad that you found the therapy that worked for you. Yeah, mate, and uh, all the best to you. And uh, hopefully, uh, what it's getting what. Seven o'clock or something there now, so yeah, seven p.m. I have to get so, some uh, eat. <laughs> <laughs> All my right. day's just starting. So. <laughs> Thanks have a, a lot day, for mate. coming on the show. I appreciate it. No worries at all, Bob. Okay. Take care, mate. Bye. Bye, bye. Okay, that was Brett Ritchie, and that was a terrific show. Um, I will have all his information out there, uh, his book, and also, uh a link to where he has that therapy that he went through. Uh, so it's an alternative to medicine, which is great. Um, if you have any questions about this episode, you know where to go. Over the rainbow, Bob at gmail.com. Or catch me at Twitter at over the rain one bow. And I'm also on Facebook now. Just go into Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. Okay, everybody. Good night.